Hello and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories of women who have been through a challenging time in their life, but they found a way through it and they made it through to the other side and they're here to share their experiences and the lessons they've learned from it. And today my guest is Samantha King. Samantha is a niche strategist and business clarity superstar teaching busy vampire builders like herself the steps to get on track in their business, identify their niche, and map out opportunities to boost their sales and work with them to implement the systems and processes within their businesses that they will need to work with clients they truly love, level up, and grow to the money-making machine that creates time freedom that Samantha believes you can have. Samantha is a self-professed TV fanatic, a natural storyteller, an adult colorer, photography enthusiast, a book junkie, meditator, meditator in training, possible runner, and her guilty pleasure, a certified people watcher. Welcome, Samantha. Thank you for having me. I love um, what you're doing with this podcast because I feel like, you know, people who have stories when we share them and, and if we feel we can share them, we should share them because it helps so many people who aren't ready to share it or who are going through it right now. Absolutely. And I think that everybody goes through something at some point in their life that at the time that you're experiencing it feels like it's earth shattering. And um, Mm -hmm. I feel like those things happen to shake us up and so that we can rebuild stronger than we were before. Yep, absolutely. Although it doesn't ever feel like it at the time, though, does it? No, it's always, I call it the dark and twisty places, right? right? And and it's a very difficult um, place to be in when you're there. And it's a very difficult place to see your way out of and to to climb your way out of. Um, And that's why it's so important that we share our stories for the people who are still in those places to let them know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way to grow and and get past this. Absolutely. And so Samantha, why don't we dive into the piece of your story that you'd like to share with us today. Yeah, I think I love that you said, you know, what is an experience that changed your life as you were going through? And it really, for me, it actually brought me to where I'm standing today um, and, and led me into that road of entrepreneurship, which I think is, is really not what I thought would happen when I was going through it. But you know, I'm actually very grateful for it. And it actually was my postpartum depression with my son when he was, um, when he was born. So he's about five now. And I had had postpartum anxiety with my daughter that appeared probably when she was about a year old. And, um, I am a teacher by trade. Okay. And so with the postpartum, with the postpartum anxiety, I had to actually stop teaching because I couldn't get into the classroom. I was having quite a hard time with the anxiety getting into the classroom. I was supplying. And so, you know, you, I went through that and I thought, you know, that part of my life was done, but lo and behold, it popped up again because life is so cyclical. I think if you would agree. Yes. Right. And so then, you know, I, here I was with my son four years later and it it was postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. And I was in that dark and twisty place where, you know, you, as an example, I would, my husband, have you ever seen those memes where under it's the hands under the bathroom door yes. and it's uh, <laughs> the kid's hands and it's like, they will find you. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I was the kid, my husband, I was standing outside the bathroom door, you know, just cowering, waiting for my husband to come out, um, and worried that my daughter would ask me a question or my son would cry and need something. Um, because, you know, you, you get into this state where I was absolutely just terrified. And, and on top of that, you add in the guilt because of course I have this beautiful, healthy baby boy who is loving. And my, my husband is very supportive and my daughter who had just been diagnosed with autism is a great kid. And, you know, how can I possibly be feeling this way? Feeling like everything is a chore, right? Getting up in the morning, it's a chore, you know, feeding my son is a chore when there are people around the world who are, um, who would, who would be so grateful for what I had. So, you know, I had this, these, I had an irrational fear of night. Like I still can't watch, um, you know, the show orange is the new black. Yes. I still can't watch that show because I had spent the, it was, I think the third, the third night after I had brought my son home, I was up all night. I had this irrational fear of night. I couldn't sleep, couldn't calm myself, couldn't relax myself. And that's what was on in the background. So I actually can't watch that show. And because it comes, it re, it triggers you. That, yeah. Yeah. That fear that, um, that I felt and, and those, the guilt and, um, you know, not like it was an irrational fear of night, but you also are terrified because you don't know what's happening to you. Like I said, I had a very great family situation. I had this beautiful, healthy baby boy. Like what, what was going on? Right. What was wrong with me? And you feel that guilt. And it was really an overwhelming time in my life that I had to, um, you know, First of all, because of what had happened with my daughter before my husband was like, okay, doctor time, like, here we go. Um, and I was blessed to have him there and to have doctors and support and medication to help me get through those initial, those initial stages. But if you've had postpartum depression, like that's just one piece of it, right? right? Those initial, those initial, um, fears that you have, the suicidal thoughts, the guilt, all of those things. Like I, I had that, it was almost like the phase one of getting out of that was just simply talking about it, structure, um, to my day. Like I would, my husband would leave like a, a structure where he's like, okay, you're going to get up and you're going to do this. And you're going to do that to give me something to do when he left the house. Right. You know, and, and my doctor some sort of routine and stuff. Right. Because I think it right now, we can all in self-isolation, you can kind of get that way. If you are like, I was scared to go outside, scared to leave the house with both the kids, you can kind of get to this point where even when you're on maternity leave, where all the days start to blend together. Right. Right. And that's something a lot of people are, are, um, are experiencing right now. And it, for people with mental health issues, like I have, and like I was going through, um, it, it can be really devastating not to have some kind of structure. So he would leave that for me. And, and like I said, I, I, I took the medication. I, I tell women, you know, whatever you need to do to get yourself through this and to get through to the other side of your postpartum depression. So for me, that was medication. It was the public health nurse coming in, talking to the doctor, all that stuff um, to get through that piece. But what actually came out of that was my journey as an entrepreneur. Right. So it was a really interesting, 
it was a really interesting time because after I got through that initial phase, you know, it, my son was probably about three and a half before I felt an actual bond with him. But after I got through the, the darkest and scariest places where I was dealing, you know, the kid outside the bathroom door and dealing with the, the guilt and the anxiety and the fear and the depression and, and even the suicidal thoughts at times, you know, you get out of that first piece and things still aren't right, but you start to kind of think about your life, right? Because that's really all you've got time to do. Right. The dust is starting to settle to- and you're now sort of like, okay, through all of this fog, where am I headed? Yeah, because I think that what happens is you, um, you, that's really all you can do in that stage because you're trying to keep your mind from doing other things, right? You're trying to keep your mind from the anxiety. So for me, uh, for whatever reason, just coming back and going, where is this going was helpful for me right? because that was something I could control. Right. And I think that's a big piece of it though, too, is to find something that you can control and focus on that as opposed to worrying about all the things that are outside of our control. Cause it leaves us feeling so helpless. Exactly. And I think that's an important message now more than ever. Um, and I think it like the things you can control that are positive for some, for some people they'll, um, like I've talked to other women with postpartum who they would clean. They were constantly cleaning. Their house was so clean. Like you could have eaten (laughs) off the floor. Right. And I mean, cool. As long as your hands aren't bleeding at the end of it and the house looks great and you're happy, knock yourself out, right? Find something healthy that you can control that allows you to work through whatever it is that you're going through because everybody's journey is different. And so for me, it was really um, figuring out kind of where I was going because at that point I had decided that, you know, my life needed to change. I had been up until that point in a number of different industries. I was kind of like the person in my family where we joked and I'm like, Oh, I've worked in that industry. Oh, I've done that too. (laughs) Right. Like I had kind of like jumped all around. Right. And it, it was very, it was very much in contrast to my husband who went to school for his field, got a job and has been working on that job for, I don't know, I think 15 years. Right. Right. So he's been in the same field for years where I had been in teaching. I had been in before and after school care. I had been um, selling textbooks to schools, inside sales, sales and marketing stuff. You know, I'd been in, and that was in the corporate world. And then I was in the small business world. And for me, it was really much like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, There's chaos. And so how do you figure out, Samantha, how this is going to be different? Because as I said, life is a cycle. So I had already found myself in not quite the dark place that I had been in with my son, but with my daughter, I had found myself in trouble. I had found myself leaving a career. And so I was like, how do I make sure that I don't get back to this point? Right. And if I'm being, and if I'm being honest, I'm still, I'm still in those cycles. I, I, you know, 2015 was when I had my son, 2017, I burned out again because I think we're a work in progress and we're a journey all the time. Yeah. Right. And so for me with, with, after my son in 2015, you know, I got through it all and I thought, you know, what am I going to do with, with my life? And I decided that if I was going to do something, it was going to have to be something that really like brought me joy, got me pumped about getting out of bed in the morning. And I felt was making a meaningful impact because this was time away from my kids and my family. Right. So it should count for something. Right. Cause I, I, I didn't want to be up until that point. I had been somebody 
who lived to work. And I didn't want to be that way anymore. Right. I wanted right. to work to live, right? Work to uh, make a difference, work to, you know, achieve my family's goals and my family's dreams and, you know, work to make myself happy. Yeah. And that I think was that really a big shift when you get to that point though, too, right? Is to realize that it's not just about the paycheck. It's got to be about more than that. And it's not like I woke up one morning and that was the revelation. Right. This was over, like I said, my postpartum hit when my son was three days old. And so out of that, I think I was only, I think it was 12 months then that we were on maternity leave. You know, you have day in and day out. And so a lot of the time I was, in addition to my husband's schedule and, and all the other things that they were recommending, this is what I was toying around in my mind with because it was keeping my mind off of the anxiety and it was helping me get out of bed in the morning you know, figuring out, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And really figuring out, like I said, it was helping me get out of bed in the morning. That's because I was trying to think about things that I liked. Right. What did I enjoy? And that's how I got into, uh, the Fempire Builders community. That's, that's when I started to, uh, dream that up and build up my next phase because I had always been interested in online entrepreneurship. And it had been something I was following and I enjoyed it. Um, and so really getting into that and going, oh, okay, like, what is this? So almost like for me, it was the project of figuring out what was next. For somebody else, it might be a different project right. that gets them through. I think that um, for me, when I was going through my depression after losing my father, my um, what I did to occupy my time so I wasn't in my head so much was I started to read. And I think that for me, books were what saved me, but it was mm -hmm. reading all of these self-help books and the Esther Hicks and the Wayne Dyer and all those things. But I think that you just, it's about realizing that it's not about going from zero, you know, where you're feeling really crappy about yourself to a hundred. It's just about mm -hmm. finding a better feeling thought than you felt yesterday or even five minutes ago and working through those baby steps as opposed to feeling like you have to go from really sad to super happy all in one one go. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't happen that way. No. And I think if that's one thing I had to say to somebody, it would be that, you know, it is a journey. And the other thing is too, like when I, it is a journey and it takes time and it's basically one step in front of the other. It's making that choice from one moment to the next that you may not know how, but you're going to get through this. Yeah. And making that choice that you know, you're going to figure this out and you're going to get through this. And the next moment may not be better, but it's going to be a step in the right direction. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that was, that's something I had to remind myself again in 2017 when I burned out because I, you know, got so excited about my, my life as an entrepreneur and helping all the women that I was helping and creating empire builders that I, um, I, overextended myself. And in that year, I had also decided to homeschool my kids. And I thought, you know, well, nothing will change. Like they'll just be home and I'll give them, I'll give my daughter her work and you know, she'll just whatever, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which if people are listening to this now working from home and, you know, just trying, having a teacher teach their child right now online while they're trying to work from home, they know that that is not the truth. Right. It's not quite a, a smooth is, ride. <laughs> Right. And so 
I remember in 2017 thinking they're going like there, I was again, anxious, overwhelmed, depressed. Um, not quite to the degree that I was after I had my son, cause the hormones were different, but I beat myself up pretty bad about like, how did I get to this point again? I thought I had learned all of this two years ago. Right. So how did this happen? And I think that's where you, you really have to remind yourself, like it's a journey, life goes in cycles. And so you have to really say, okay, well, what happened here? Right. What, took, what more is there to learn? Yeah. And yeah. so for me, it was saying no. Yeah. That's a big one. Saying no and embracing the fact that I had chosen to homeschool my kids, which is great. I still do, but I could not continue at the same rate and homeschool. The goals didn't have to change, but the timelines and the deadlines did because right. otherwise I was going to burn out just like I had. And so for me, it was about saying no and getting clear in my business to say, this is, this is where I'm going very clearly. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And then, you know, get your blinders on and whether that's, you know, in business or life, this is the goal, put on your blinders and focus on that goal. And don't be afraid to say no to the things that aren't going to get you closer to that or aren't, or don't bring you joy. Right. Yeah. Right. Feel free to say that doesn't work for me today. I can't be at every event or every, um, you know, every girl's night out or whatever. Yeah, I can and, come when I can come. And say no and, and feel comfortable with it, right? Not have yeah. that guilt about it or anything like that. I think uh, the best piece of advice I've ever received was, you know, understand that no can be a full and complete sentence. Because mm-hmm. so often you say no, and then you want to explain yourself and you want to justify it. And before you know it, you've convinced yourself to say yes, because <laughs> you're feeling so bad about it and you've, yeah. So yeah, just to be able to be good with saying no and not. That's right. The only person you have to answer to is yourself. Yeah. And, and, and really get into that. And the other piece, which I didn't learn until you know, a couple of years later, um, that, that has been really helpful is boundaries. Absolutely. So, so again, you know, put your blinders on, say no, but also set boundaries, set boundaries with everybody in your life. Even with my kids, you know, they're small. My son is about to turn five. My daughter just turned nine. Um, and I've been homeschooling them for about three years. And so they're used to mom being around all the time. Right. And it took a long time and there was a lot of arguments and a lot of hurt feelings between me and specifically my daughter, um, because my son had never had that one-on-one time with mom, but my daughter had, and there was a lot of, you know, hurt feelings and a lot of arguments between the two of us about, you know, you don't play with me, right? You never do this. You never do that. And, and so it was really about coming and then the mom guilt kicks in, right? And it was really about saying to her, I love you and you can entertain yourself. Right. Like just those, those types of boundaries. And it's not to say that I don't play with her. We do. We reserve time. You know, if she comes to me and says, Hey, I'd like to do X, Y, and Z. I'll say to her, okay. And she actually has access to my calendar. So she comes to me now and says like, mom, you have time between this time and this time. Could you, could we play? Right. Could we watch this video together? Could we, you know, whatever it is that she wants to do. Um, and it just 
actually happened that way by accident because she got one of my old phones to play games on, <laughs> which is connected to my calendar. But it's been really helpful for her because that's how she organizes things. And as an autistic person, this idea that, yeah, I'll play with you later, or at some point today, I'll play with you. It was really another piece of the struggle and the hurt feelings for us. So figuring out a way that you can set up boundaries for people in your life that works for them, talk to them, figure out that was the biggest thing, even with my, with my partner, my husband, talking to him about like, here's what I need. What do you need? And let's figure out how we can come up with some boundaries that work for both of us because I can't continue at this rate anymore. Right. Cause boundaries are only as good as the communication and the sharing that you, you exactly. do with those boundaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two way street because if my, my daughter and I don't, I obviously don't say to her, I love you and you can entertain yourself. That's more <laughs> for, that's more for me. Yeah. But it's about saying to her, I love you, honey. And I'd love to play, play with you at some point today. Here's what my schedule looks like. When do you think would be a good time to play and let her be involved in that decision-making. And the same thing with my husband talking to him about what I need. And I think the biggest thing is first getting to a point where you can, where you can have those discussions about what you need, because we don't ask for what we need. I I find women struggle to ask and men try to just do. And so it got to the, before we really had these conversations about boundaries and and nothing's perfect. You're having these conversations all the time, but it was really, you know, a lot of the time you would catch me saying to my husband, don't, don't just decide what I need. Ask me what I need. Right. Right. Because that, and that was kind of our dynamic was that he would try to do stuff and then he would be like, Oh, well I filled the dishwasher today. And I'd be like, that's great, but that's not what I needed. I needed this or I needed that. And, and that would cause friction because if you're trying to do something from a place of love, like he was, and then to have somebody say, but I don't need that, right. like that's, <laughs> that sucks. Like it hurts. It's painful. Right. Cause and, you, you feel like it's not being appreciated. Exactly. And can you blame him? No, no, I, I can't. So really when I, when I talk about, you know, the learn to say no, say, step into your power and say no. And that's hard too, because we feel the guilt and it's the same thing with the boundaries, right? We feel the guilt, but those are the things that have helped me get to a point where I can say, you know what? I need self-care. Yeah. I need, I need me, I need me time. And yes, my kids sometimes don't like it because I'll say to them, it's bedtime. (laughs) Unless there's an emergency, I don't want to see you till tomorrow. Right. (laughs) I, I love you. And I will see you in the morning. And, you know, it's hard because they don't like hearing that. And unfortunately with autistic people, sometimes you have to be very like direct. Um, but what my daughter and son will remember is that it's important to take self-care because I don't just say to them, I don't want to see you till tomorrow morning. I say to them, this is mommy's time. It's time for mommy to refill her, her juices. So I'm ready to play with you tomorrow. Right. And unless there's an emergency, I don't need to see you. This is mommy's time. And they come down and I just remind them it's mommy's time and letting them know that it's important for each one of them to have their own time. And that's what they're going to remember. They're going to, I'm hoping that what will happen is, is that they will be able to say no without guilt, right? They will be able to set healthy boundaries and work with the people around them to set boundaries that work for everybody. And that they will prioritize self-care 
I don't know how we got to this, this point where like, we don't even think about self-care. Now we have to make self-care a priority. Right. Yeah. When did that happen? How did we go from like playing where like as a child, everything was self-care because why not? Right. Right. To adults who can't find time to do things that they like to do. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Right. And you're kind of like, Oh, and so for me, my journey has really been about those three things and, and coming to that point, that point where I just said, like, when did this happen? And I don't know the answer and I don't know that we'll ever know the answer, but what I can do is live that way now. And hopefully my kids, the people around me will go, oh, it's okay to do something for you. Right. Right. You like to cook, you like to cook, cook. You want to watch TV, watch TV. You like to run, run. It's a different, you know, my son likes to talk about the Titanic for hours on end. <laughs> He's got a thing about boats. Like I know more about the Titanics and her sister ships than I ever thought possible. And part of that is, is the autistic brain. But if that's what you want to do, man, let's, let's open it up. Let's explore it. Got, you know, get some books, get some coloring books, watch some videos, you know, <laughs> right. talk about this. My, it, it even got my daughter into it. She got a book where it was all about like, it's a book series about like, did you know, or who are these people or something like that? And she read the whole thing and then she read it to him and now she can, and now she can talk to him about it, which for two autistic people is huge right. for, her, for her to take an interest in somebody else's interest. Um, but yeah, she just very much like they, it, it just flourishes when we, when we, you know, explore the things that we enjoy. Samantha, what's the um, biggest lesson that you say, you would say that you've learned throughout this experience? I think the biggest thing that I have learned is to take the time to find out what makes you happy, to find out, you know, how you want to spend your life. And you are not going to find that answer right away as I was saying, it's going to be moment to moment and it's going to take time. And it may take years as you try different things and that doesn't work. And you walk away from, you know, you walk away from that technique and try a different one. I mean, our lives are, are, are cyclical, but they're also a journey and they're ongoing and it's okay to take five steps and go, Oh, I went the wrong way. I need to go back and go in this way. And I think that's really been the biggest thing that I've learned is that it's a journey. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you have to take five steps back, but really stop and take a moment to figure out why you had to take five steps back and figure out what's next from there, I think would be the biggest thing. And with regards to my postpartum, um, reach out and ask for help because that's going to be huge. And, and whether it's depression or any kind of mental health issues or anything you're struggling with, reach out and ask for help because you are not the only person going through it. You are not as alone as you may feel like you are. No. And I think that we have to, um, let go of the stigma that comes with the idea of asking for help, especially when it comes to going and seeking professional help, because Mm -hmm. I think that, um, it's, overlooked by too many, that option. Do you know what I mean? Where you feel like you have to figure it out on your own or you're asking for help from people who aren't capable of helping you in the mm-hmm. way that you need it. I mean, they might be well-meaning friends and family, but they are not equipped to do it. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, 
in a lot of cultures and things like that, it's it's frowned upon to talk to a complete stranger about what you know you're feeling and experiencing. But I think that it's so important sometimes to talk to somebody who isn't involved in your day to day, somebody who is unbiased, who can offer advice and suggestions and tools and techniques to help you cope and whether you need to be medicated or not, that they're able to help you out with that kind of stuff. Because I think that so many of us go through things and are trying to figure it out on our own. And if we continue to do that, we just end up spinning our wheels in mud. Yeah. And, and I think it, as, as the, the important, the other piece of going outside of your, of your circle is that these are people who you can be, when you go to, um, a, an impartial person or a medical professional, not only do they have the tools and are equipped to deal with it, but you can be completely honest with them and not have them feel hurt or feel right, or have that fear of being judged. Exactly. Or anything like because that. this yeah. is what they do. This is, this is who they are. And, and I agree with you that in some cultures it can be hard to do that, but I think it's very, it's very important to take that first step. And, and it is a step of courage to be able to say like, this is what I'm doing, especially when the people around you may not understand why you're doing it right? Um, or may not want you to go through with it. But it, it is, it, it was crucial in my journey. And I, like I said, I was blessed that my husband was like, okay, doctor time in through this, here we go. Um, right. I was blessed and not everybody has that opportunity and do, do what you have to do. And if you have to, you know, take the crying baby with you to the doctor, then do that. People are just going to have to be okay with it. People, the, the right. people in the waiting room or on the bus or however you're getting to the doctor, just going to have to get over it, right? Because no is a complete sentence and your boundaries matter. And it's nobody yeah. else's business how you're getting help for yourself. No. And I think that um, one of my favorite Wayne Dyer quotes is that, you know, other people's opinions of you are none of your business. And I think that when you understand that and really sort of grasp that as you go on in your day-to-day, that it takes so much of that pressure off because I think that so often we're so fearful of what other people will think or what we think they'll think that we we hold ourselves back. Yeah, we, we absolutely do because we live in fear of that judgment. And again, it's not something where I, I woke up and I was like, yeah, Today, I'm just not going to care anymore. It's something that I have to remind myself of every day. And that's a great quote that when that self-talk pops into your head, you know, to switch gears with a quote like that. Yeah. Because eventually you will stop the self-talk. You will stop, you will stop that noise because it won't, your brain will go, well, she's just going to replace it with this. So let's, why don't we just focus on this, right? Your brain will just focus on that piece that you give it. It's that almost like swap out. Yeah. Right. The thing you do kind of, you know, if you have a child for, for example, my daughter, it looks like she might become a thumb sucker. And as a former thumb sucker, I was like, yeah, that's not good. (laughs) So I swapped in the soother. Right. Right. If you're a mom, like you've done that, right. You swap in the soother because the soother, I can at least get rid of, I can't get rid of her thumb. Um, and, and sure enough, she figured out that it was putting her to sleep around three months old and, and, banished it. But, you know, it's that idea that when you just swap it out for something else, you see one thing happening and you go, wait, that's not a thought I want to have. I'm going to swap it out for this one. And that's why people enjoy affirmations and and mantras so much. Um, but stick with one and that's a great one to stick with because I think when you can step in, step into that power and say, you know what, 
other people's opinions of me is none of my business. It allows you to say, it allows you to do the other things that were so helpful for, for me, the saying no, the boundaries, yeah, right. The coming up with solutions that fit for my life. You know, I'm not, I've been parent, I've been mom shamed before because parenting children with special needs is different than parenting, um, than parenting neurotypical children, um, especially, you know, and autism is different than other special needs. And, you know, I'm not the parent, I may not be the parent that I thought I would be, but I'm the parent my child needs and they are loved and they know they are loved and they are making progress in this world. And so I have, I had to, you know, kind of say, well, guess these are not healthy relationships and I can't worry about that. I have to do what's in the best interest of my kid. And so I think it's something you, you have, it's, it is one of those things where you can say, oh, well, don't care about what people think. Well, that's easier said than done. But, but having a mantra that you focus on like that, and just when these things happen, allowing yourself to feel the emotions and then focusing on what am I going to do next? How am I going to, here's the situation I am. What am I going to do next? And then having a mantra like that, other people's opinions of me are none of my business. It reminds you, right? It brings you back to that, that journey you're on to get to a point where you're living your life for you. And that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Samantha, any final thoughts? Um, I think, I think the biggest thing, and I love that this is called embracing your destiny. Um, that's the name of your podcast because it's really about you getting to a point. And I think that's the biggest thing for me was realizing that I'm on a journey and getting to a point where whether you believe in destiny or, you know, you just know you're here deep and deep inside your soul for, to do something and you have a purpose. I mean, we must have a purpose. You're here for a reason. What is it? Um, let yourself go through the path and, and try to figure out what that reason is. And you may not find it for another 20 years, but you know, I'm trying and I'm, and I'm living my best life. And I've learned so many great things along the way that I, I must be on the right track. Right. And I, yeah, I think letting go of the pressure to have it all figured out is a big thing. And I think that also when, as we're going through the dark and twisty times, as you say, that to give yourself grace, to remember to be kind to yourself, yeah. you know, and not be so hard on yourself because we can be so prone to, yeah. And instead of beating ourselves up about it and figuring that we shouldn't have gotten ourselves into this position in the first place or whatever that negative self-talk is to treat yourself <laughs> as you would a child, you know what I mean? To be loving and accepting and compassionate and to yourself as well as the people around you so that you can navigate through those times. Yeah. Like you said, with grace. Yeah. Because that negative self-talk is just your inner child. Yeah. It's your inner child that needs to be nurtured and you need to take care of it and, and tell it now that you're older, like things are going to be okay. Absolutely. We don't need to worry about what they think of me. We just need to worry about what we think of, of us and where we're going and stay true to the course and believe in our purpose and to your point, embrace our destiny. Samantha, thank you so much for your time. To the listeners, if you want to learn more about Samantha and uh, where to find her to see what she's got going on in her business, the links will be in the show notes as well. And have a fantastic week and enjoy your time say I love you to your loved ones and we'll see you soon. Take care and have a fantastic day.